Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today in the show, we'll talk about what happened to the Wolves against the Thunder on Saturday night. Another disappointing offensive performance and yet another dominant defensive performance. We'll talk about both ends of the floor on Saturday. We'll also look ahead to Wolves Hornets tonight, Monday night from Target Center. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend today on the show. It's a bit of a hybrid post-game pod and a preview. Those, of course, did not play Sunday. So I want to talk a little bit about Saturday's game against the Thunder. You know, it was such an important opponent, a, a entertaining game. Um, so I want to I break that down a little kind of a mini post-game pod. And we'll also piggyback that with a look ahead to the Hornets game tonight. We haven't seen Charlotte for, I don't know, six weeks or so, beginning of December. So um, that's what we'll do here on the show today. We'll peek ahead at the week as well. And that's all upcoming. A big thank you here, first of all, though, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show. On the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Uh, and of course, you could download that app on um, either one of those services, Roku or Amazon Fire TV. It's more great local sports coverage 24 7, and it's absolutely free. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, so Saturday. It was a showdown with the Thunder. The Wolves came in on a, I guess, uh, what was it, a four-game winning streak, I believe, before Saturday's game, and um, had split the season series to that point with OKC, winning at home in a close game You know, several weeks ago, a couple months ago. I guess it was like end of November, so nearly two months ago. And then losing um, rather handily in a uh, an offensive battle in OKC just after Christmas. This was the opposite of that. This was a defensive, I'll call it a defensive slugfest. I mean, each of these teams are extremely good defensively, right? The Wolves are by far the league's best team defensively. The Thunder are a top 10 defense. Um, but the difference here in this particular matchup um, is that the Thunder are also a top five offense. And so there's an argument to be made, and OKC's got a better point differential, better net rating coming into this game. So while the Wolves were two games ahead of the Thunder in the standings, you could argue OKC's been better to this point in the season with a straight face easily. Also, SGA is the best player on the floor in a matchup between these two teams. Now, you know, just kind of looking at this, kind of the, the macro view of this would be Minnesota's roster is certainly deeper, and you could say, you know, players two through four on the Wolves are probably better than players two through four on OKC, although both Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams are both fantastic. Um, you know, each team is very, very good. So all that to say, these teams are, it's so funny to, 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 to compare these teams because they both are similar, but in very different ways. If that, that doesn't really make sense. The result is basically the same, right? They're both really strong defensive teams. The Thunder have a much, uh, a much more efficient offense than Minnesota. But of course, the ceiling of Minnesota's offense is also otherworldly because of the talents, uh, specifically of Ant and Cap, but also 
in theory, the way these pieces all work together, the Wolves offense has no excuse to be as bad as it has been. But they arrive at, at kind of being a really good defense in very different ways. I mean, OKC turns teams over more than any other defense in the league. They're number one in defensive turnover rate, which of course is a disastrous matchup against Minnesota, who has the, actually now after this game against OKC, the worst turnover rate of any offense in the league. So it's literally the league's best defense in terms of turnover rate. Uh, OKC turns over opponents, according to basketball reference, um, and I guess I, I should have pulled the clean in the glass numbers because those take out garbage time. But according to basketball reference, OKC has a 13.6% turnover rate now. This is this is post-Saturday's game, which is number one in the league, although I think it was one before that game. The Wolves had been 29th for a long time in terms of offensive turnover rate, and now they're 30th. They turn the ball over 14% of the time on offense, which is crazy for a team that has the best record in the conference. And also maddening when you look at the rest of the offensive numbers, as we've talked about much on the show, the Wolves are you know top 10 in effective field goal percentage as an offense. They're top 10 in offensive free throw rate. They're third in three-point percentage. Uh, they just don't shoot enough threes and they turn it over too much. That's been the story of the entire season. But it's a terrible matchup against OKC because they turn teams over more than any other defense. They also are a horrendous defensive rebounding team. It's actually shades of the Wolves defense. They don't do it in the exact same way. They don't blitz pick and rolls in the same way that the Wolves did two years ago. But the Wolves team, uh, pre-Rudy Gobert, that lost in the first round to Memphis two years ago, was really, really good at turning opposing offenses over and terrible on the glass, and they committed a ton of fouls. That's almost the identical profile to this year's Thunder team when you look at defensive four factors. The one advantage that they have over that Wolves team is they're a little bit better in terms of interior defense. Uh, they have Chet Holmgren, and he blocks a lot of shots, so that helps. Uh, they're actually number one in blocked shots per game, which is not the cleanest way to measure rim protection, but you know, just looking at the numbers on basketball reference, they're number one in blocked shots per game. They're third in opponent effective field goal percentage, which means that they're the seventh best defense in the league, despite their warts, despite the issues fouling, and despite the defensive rebounding issues. It's so similar to the Wolves from two years ago. Now, this year, the Wolves have the league's best defense because they're just kind of good across the board defensively, right? They're top 10 still in opponent free throw rate, which is impressive because it feels like at times they really struggle with that. They're by far number one in opponent effective field goal percentage. They're up to second to defensive rebound rate, uh, which, you know, uh, they dominate the thunder and the glass every time they play. We'll talk about that. So that helps. Um, and they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of forcing turnovers. So, yeah, the Wolves still have the league's best defense, and they turned in a great performance against OKC, and that's what makes this game so much more maddening. Is OKC shot less than 40% from the field? Another sub-40% shooting performance by an opponent against this Timberwolves defense. OKC was 39.5% from, from the field. They were 33.3% from three. They made only eight three-pointers in this game. Minnesota made 14 so Minnesota had an 18-point advantage outside the arc. And they still managed to lose this game by five. Now, free throws are part of it. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the Wolves' defensive performance was fantastic. They fouled a little bit too much. But otherwise, they they came into it with a plan of like, hey, let's try and make these other guys beat us. And remember that game they lost to the Thunder before? Giddy hit a bunch of threes. Like, that's not going to happen all the time. Sure enough. Josh Giddy was 0 of 4 outside the arc in this game. Uh, other role players were not effective either. Kenrich Williams, Williams only played 10 minutes. He was 0 of 2 outside the arc. Um, and uh, Lou Dort was 3 of 7, which is fine. But, like, again, you want Lou Dort attempting 7 threes per game. Like, you would rather have that 
than, say, SGA getting to the line again, right? I know Lou Dort's over 40% from three, but still, you'd rather him, you know, you'd rather his volume of threes be up than Shea's volume of, of free throw attempts. Now, Shea's going to get to the line regardless. He had, you know, he's averaging nine free throw attempts per game and he's 89% from the line. And yes, he got to the line 13 times in this game. All that to say, the Wolves executed their defensive game plan nearly perfectly. They just fouled a little bit too much and they were still in pos- in position to win this game. But it didn't come down to the defense. It came down to the, their complete inability to string together offensive performances or offensive possessions without committing turnovers. Minnesota had 21 turnovers in this game to OKC's eight. OKC only turned it over eight times. The Thunder got up 81 shots in this game. The Wolves only attempted 75 shots. Nobody on the Timberwolves attempted more than 13 shots from the field in this game. The Thunder had two guys attempt more than 13 shots, Jalen Williams and Shea Alexander. Minnesota also only had, uh, and Nas was the one, by the way, that attempted 13. None of the Wolves' big three, if you will, Rudy, Cat, and Ant, none of them attempted more than 10 shots in this game. I mean, both Ant and and uh, Towns got to the line a bunch. They each got, got 10 free throw attempts in this game. But that is a function of OKC doing a really good job defensively themselves. And yeah, they fouled a lot, but they didn't foul as much as Minnesota. And they also did what they do best. They forced turnovers like crazy. It's such a scary matchup for Minnesota for those reasons. I do want to talk about what the Wolves did well and then also dig a bit more in on the turnover stuff. And I will do studs and duds here quickly before we get to previewing Wolves Hornets. We'll do all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the exact same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's an astronomical number. Um, anytime you're trying to hire, you need to find the most efficient way to go about it, right? The, the, the place where the most viable candidates are in the same spot at the same time. It's something I've experienced before trying to hire. And this is the uh, the the best way to go about it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they might not have time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, this process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. Cover the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right. Um, so the overall flow of this game, of course, the Wolves had a, had a rough first quarter. Uh, sloppy offense, tons of OKC points off turnovers. And again, the Wolves' half-court defense was really good in this game. The transition defense was, um, I, I mean, some of the Wolves' turnovers, they had a fair amount of just dead ball turnovers. They had a couple of travels 
um, a couple of sloppy Euro steps that, you know, I watched back and I think they were actually travels. Although, you know, you don't often see those called. So I think that got a little bit frustrating to the Wolves uh, because Euro steps, I don't know, guys get sloppy with Euro steps all the time. And suddenly in this game, every Euro step was a travel, even, even if it was, it's just the, the, the principle of the matter, right? There were some, a couple of questionable, you know, Rudy got an offensive foul on a screen that was also a turnover. And that was a bad call. Like there's some of those mixed in, um, but there were also, you know, Andrew in the ball off his foot again, a couple of sloppy passes to nowhere. Uh, like those sorts of possessions add up and OKC got some transition points off of that. And in general, um, I, they just scored a lot of points off those turnovers. Even if they weren't live ball turnovers, those extra possessions that the Thunder got, they scored on those. Uh, Jade McDaniels was great offensively early. The stars were quiet. And so it was important. Nas Reed was big again in the first half as he was. Uh, was that Thursday night's game when Nas was huge early in the game when Minnesota's offense was struggling and Ant was very quiet in the first half in that win over Memphis on Thursday. Similar story there. Um, also, a, a side note, something perhaps we'll get back to later, but the Wolves, some of these turnovers, um, we're getting back to what I, I think what the Wolves did a little too much of last season, which was force, force, trying to force feed the ball to Rudy. Some of these lobs that like, especially against a team with a guy like Chet Holmgren. And even though they're much smaller than the Wolves, and maybe that was part of the game plan is like, hey, these guys don't have size. But the Thunder's defense is really good, and they still have length, and they have athleticism, and they have youth, and they have uh, incredible awareness for how young this team is. And there were so many turnovers, and I meant to tally them, I should have, but turnovers on just forced lobs to Rudy. Like, hey, let's get Gobert the ball. Let's. It wasn't quite like when D'Lo was trying to force the ball to him last year, which, you know, eventually he just stopped trying, which was a, a big part of the problem. But... Um, the Wolves tried a little bit too hard at times to get the ball into Gobert. And of course, he ends up finishing the game with only six shot attempts, seven points for Rudy in this game. Um, and five of those seven points came at the free throw line. It was just, I thought, an issue. The Wolves did have a six-point lead midway through the second quarter, but SGA was great at the end of the second quarter when he got back on the floor after a rest. And OKC got in the bonus early in the second quarter. By halftime, Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 10 free throw attempts in the first half alone. Now, he finished the game with only 13, so you know I know Ant complained after the game about not being able to touch SGA. Well, SGA only had 13 more free-throw attempts than Ant in this game. Uh, the difference is he made his free-throw attempts. Uh, Shaco just alexander was 12 of 13 from the line. Ant was 6 of 10. I know the last miss was intentional, but so 6 of 9 before that. And t- again, 10 of SGA's 13 free-throw attempts were in the first half of this game. Uh, the Wolves played really well in the third quarter, especially defensively. That's when they really kind of ratcheted up the defense. They were up nine in the fourth quarter with just over six minutes to play, but then Ant threw the ball out of bounds, uh, about six and a half minutes left. After a timeout, the Thunder scored. The Thunder had actually, uh, you know, we talk about the Wolves offense being so stagnant at times and inefficient and turning the ball over a bunch, which the turnovers have been a bigger issue than, than you know, a lack of ball movement here lately. Uh, the Thunder went three minutes without a made field goal in the middle of the fourth quarter. And the Wolves were still up by a couple points with just over two minutes to play. Then SGA hits a step back three, just over a minute to play. That put the Thunder up for good. That put them up by two at the time. And overall, the Wolves only scored 10 points in the final nine minutes of this game. And it, again, it, it's more turnovers than anything else. They missed a couple of open shots. There were, but but it was, again, turnovers. Like there was a bad Ant one in the final minute. Ant actually, I think, had two in the final couple minutes, which has been a recurring theme. And, you know, that's the one thing you point to. With this game, and obviously you also have. I talked about the Thunder, you know, the Wolves forcing guys like Josh Giddy to shoot threes in this game. Uh, you know, sitting here right now, what's Giddy's three point percentage? He's thirty four and a half percent from three. Like 
You'd rather have Giddy making threes than Giddy distributing, Giddy running offense, and getting SGA looks. Um, you'd rather make Josh Giddy shoot from the perimeter. You'd rather make Jalen Williams, uh, you know, be as inefficient as he was in this game. He's obviously a good three point shooter, but he only attempted two threes. I mean, Jalen Williams is six of eighteen shooting. Took him eighteen shots to get his twenty points. So again, the Wolves' plan was good on defense. On the flip side, Mike Conley was one of nine outside the arc, one of 11 overall in this game, never shot a free throw, probably the worst Conley game of the year. Uh, we just haven't seen much of that. He ended up only playing 29 minutes. Jordan McLaughlin had stints in both halves. was actually quite productive. I thought Jordan McLaughlin was fantastic. And maybe we start to see, you know, I'm not at all advocating like after one game for an even split minutes or anything crazy like that because Conley's been fantastic this year. I uh, said something on Twitter the other day like, uh, he's basically been the same player as he was in his all-star season, just lower volume in terms of scoring. But maybe now that we're hitting late January, getting close to the all-star break, steal some minutes here and there for Mike, especially with a softer spot in the schedule. Let Conley play a f- play fewer minutes, save him for tougher games for, you know, uh, uh, Western Conference matchups like this one against the Thunder. They play OKC again here in a week, week from today, actually. Uh, you know, save him for the playoffs, et cetera. Get McLaughlin some runs. See if he's a viable option as your backup point guard in the playoffs. Maybe get Shake Milton some run and find out whether or not you need to make a significant move. I know that people are now clamoring like, oh, the Wolves definitely need to make a move. The Wolves are still first in the West halfway through the season. Like, I'm not saying they shouldn't make a move, and, and we'll talk more about this here in the coming days and weeks, but uh, they've still got a really good roster. Jordan McLaughlin's a legit good player um, you know, in, within his role. And, you know, Shake Milton has been in the past. Like, can you find a way to steal some minutes here against this upcoming schedule of Charlotte and Brooklyn and some of these other teams? Um, I, anyway, I, I digress. But the the Conley three-point shooting is also a weird thing. Like, how many of those? The Wolves ran a play to get him a three when they were down one late in the game, and uh, he just missed it. It was a well-run play. Ant made a good pass. Conley just missed the shot. It was, you know, that happens. And so, you know, he makes a couple more of those or they turn it over a couple less times or Ant makes a, those free throws and the Wolves still win this game. So it's not like this thing was, you know, out of reach and it's not like it was a disaster and the sky is not falling. It's, it, uh, as I've said before, after losses, like sometimes you lose to good teams. So the turnover stuff is, is obviously the biggest issue. That's that's the biggest takeaway, bar none. Um, I'll throw up the stats here real quick. Uh, overall stats from the game, if you're watching on YouTube. As I mentioned, the Wolves, I flipped the, the three-point percentage, or excuse me, the field goal percentage on this graphic. So so switch those around. The rest of the stats are all correct. OKC shot 39.5% from the field, not Minnesota. Minnesota was 41.3%. So they held OKC below 40%. They held them to eight made three-pointers, and they were plus 13 on the glass. Minnesota was. The issues were they allowed six more free throws to OKC, and they turned it over 13 more times. So, I mean, you combine the three-pointers and the, and the free throws, the Wolves were a plus uh, plus 18 outside the arc. They were a minus nine at the line. So combine those. They were a plus nine if you combine the actual points derived from the three-pointers and free throws. But it's the turnovers. And they did a good job on the glass. Like Not like the Thunder. Again, the Wolves, the Wolves dominated where they should have in terms of size. Chet Holmgren was in a little bit of foul trouble. He only had five rebounds in this game. In fact, Josh Giddy, you know, he's a good rebounder, certainly. But he had eight rebounds. Nobody else in the Thunder had more than five. And Minnesota being plus 13 in that category, you would have thought that this outcome could have looked a little differently. Uh, points off turnovers, as I mentioned, OKC generated 21 turnovers from the Wolves and 28 points off those turnovers and a 15-4 to 4 edge 
and fast break points in this game for OKC. And that's where this game was lost for Minnesota. I want to do studs and duds quick. I want to look at the Hornets matchup that we'll see here on Monday night. And that's how we'll close out the show today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we might already be doing, right? Maybe you finally organized a part of your space, your office, your uh, you know, your kitchen or whatever, and you want to tackle another. Maybe you're taking supplements, you're trying to eat healthier, uh, be more consistent, whatever your resolution might be. Um, you know, find your strengths, make sure that they're baby steps and it's not you're trying to bite off more than you could chew here right away at the start of the year. Uh, it's, it's a challenging time of year for sure, because a lot of us have big goals, big dreams. And instead of just, you know, taking those baby steps, you can get out ahead of yourself, try and do a little bit too much at once. And therapy can certainly help you achieve some of those goals. If you're thinking of starting therapy, consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs only have a couple weeks left. We have a championship Sunday next week. We have the big game a couple weeks after that, now that we're down to just four teams left. There's definitely still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. You can play live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. Again, the app is so easy to use. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. Um, studs and duds from this game. Fairly easy to, uh, to to parse this from this one. I mean, for the Wolves overall, like, I mean, the, the Thunder had SGA with 33. Jalen Williams with a really inefficient 20 in this game. The Timberwolves didn't have anybody score more than 19. And they only had, uh, yeah, nobody scored more than 19. They had four players in double figures. Uh, Nas was probably the best player on the floor for the Wolves overall in this game. He had 18 points. He ended up shooting 7-13, got a little high volume at the end there as they were searching for some offense, which is fine. Like, I thought he was good. He also had four blocks in this game. He was part of the problem turnover-wise. He had four miscues in this game. Ant had five. Nobody else had more than three. Uh, But he wasn't alone in that department, so that alone isn't going to disqualify him from getting a stud in this game. 18 points for Nas, 7 of 13 shooting, so still better than 50% from the field, 4 of 8 outside the arc, 3 rebounds in 26 minutes. You'd like that to be a little higher, but, um, you know, it, not a not a massive deal considering the edge the Wolves had in the rebound department in this game. Four blocks, and again, those four turnovers for Nas. He was a plus 17 off the bench for the Wolves. By the way, the bench was really good in this game overall. They all had positive plus-minus marks uh, we saw Kyle Anderson again play sub 20 minutes in this game. And this is another example of the Wolves bench. It's just so much deeper than OKC. It's like Kaysen Wallace had a big day the other day for OKC. He had no points in 13 minutes in this game. Um, like nobody had more than five points off their bench. So now this is when that should matter in the regular season and over the course of the regular season versus in the playoffs when rotations are short anyway. Um, but all that to say, the Wolves bench was really good. So Nas is a stud in this game. 
I'm also going to go Carl Anthony Towns, and I know he ended up following out at the end, and I know he only made four shots from the field, and he only made one three-pointer, but I thought he was good overall and came alive late in the game when the Wolves needed offense. Third quarter, early fourth quarter. Now, of course, he he didn't help the offense much at the tail end of the game, but that was because everything was running through Ant. And this is a topic for another day, but the Wolves, I think, need to do a little better job running late game offense through Carl Anthony Towns and playing Ant off of that instead of running everything through Ant, especially while he's going through these turnover issues. I understand that late in a close game, especially in the playoffs, you might need your best ISO player, one of the best ISO players in the league in Anthony Edwards, to go against a set defense and like that might be your best option, right? It might be. It isn't always, but it might be, depending on the opponent, et cetera, situation, score, et cetera. But against its team that's just a really good team defense and also has good individual defenders in the Thunder and not a whole lot of size, and, you know, Chet Holmgren, I guess, only finished with four fouls, but, like, you had him in foul trouble for a little while. Carl Anthony Towns has to be who you're running your offense through late in the game against an opponent like this. He ended up with 19 points and just 10 shots, 10 of 10 at the free throw line for Cat. By the way, he's, uh, like, 89.6% or something from the line now. He's nearly back to 50, 40, 90. You round up, and he's there. Uh, 19 and 11, two assists for this game for Cat, three turnovers, which, compared to Ant and Nas's numbers, doesn't look so bad. Um, really, really good game for Carl Anthony Towns. Eh, maybe not really, really good. Maybe not two reallys. A really good game for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I don't have a third stud in this one. I, I, I don't. Well, I guess I'll give one. I'll give it to Jordan McLaughlin. He was good. Eight and three. Made his first couple of three point attempts. Missed one right at the end of the shot clock that he nearly airballed. But eight points, three assists, two steals, three of seven shooting, two of three outside the arc. Was a good Jordan McLaughlin game, and I'm sure he earned himself some minutes here against Charlotte on Monday night. Uh, Duds, I'm just going to go Mike Conley. One of 11 shooting, one of nine outside the arc, four assists, but he had three turnovers. Very un mike like in this game. Uh, so he gets the the only dud in this one. All right, quickly, previewing the Hornets game. I spent a little more time in the OKC game than I meant to, but let's talk about the Hornets game. Uh, we have not seen Charlotte since December. Jeez, what day was that? I don't know. It was like December, early, early December. It was like right before the the really rough, difficult patch in the schedule started. LaMelo Ball did not play. Now, LaMelo was out of lineup for a long stretch of time. Uh, it was, I have it right here, December 2nd was when they played Charlotte last. It was right after Melo got hurt. LaMelo got hurt. Um, he did just play in four straight games, but he did not play against the Sixers on Saturday. So he's questionable right now to play the Wolves. Uh, now, that was the second night of a back-to-back. So I, I would imagine he plays on Monday night. Uh, but he's officially day-to-day, according to to the Hornets, and they haven't released an injury report yet for Monday. So I would imagine he plays Monday night. He had played in 26 minutes his first game back, then 30, and then 31 each of the next two nights. So he'll probably play and play a little over 30 minutes in this game. He's been really good since he came back. They lost the first three games. They got blown out, by the way, at San Antonio, at Miami, at the Pelicans, but were home for the Spurs on Friday night and beat the Spurs by four. And this this was after a... Six-game losing streak from Charlotte. And overall, Charlotte has lost... Let me make sure I did this math right. 11, uh, 17 of their last 19 games. No, 18 of their last 19 games, if you include the uh, loss to Philly on Saturday. They've lost 18 of their last 20 games. Um, Now, with the mellow ball back, obviously the offense gets much better for Charlotte, or it should get much better. For the season, though, a team that everyone expected to have a great offense is only 27th in offensive rating. And they're 
the second worst defense. The defense has been horrendous. It's only outpaced by Indiana, who's just been beyond horrendous defensively. Gordon Hayward's still not going to play. He's been out since uh, right after Christmas. He did play the first time these teams matched up. Um, so, you know, no Gordon Hayward is also significant. He had 17 points and just 11 shots the last time these teams faced off. Uh, he might be back in a week, but he's not going to play in this game. So probably will have LaBella Ball, will not have Gordon Hayward. But otherwise, a relatively healthy Charlotte team. Um, like I said, they're not good on either end of the floor. At the moment, they're just 9-31. and 31, So they're you know only better than Detroit and San Antonio so far this season. Uh, they ha- actually have the worst net rating in the entire league so far this season. Um, uh, the key thing against them is like they don't do anything well offensively. They're actually, uh, let's see, they're dead last in free throw rate on the offensive end. They're 20th in three-point percentage. So... I guess don't let them have too many open threes in this game would probably be the biggest thing. Like that's the way they're going to beat you. And then obviously they also, um, they, their pace isn't fast so far this year, but that's LaMelo balls only played in what 19 games. Yeah. 19 games. So a big part of that is the lack of LaMelo ball. If LaMelo balls on the floor, they're going to try and play faster. So don't be fooled by the overall pace mark for this season. So they don't get to line a ton. They don't shoot a ton of threes. They make them at a decent clip. So that's the number one thing to look out for. They're also 20th in offensive rebound rate. So also be careful there. Um, they are middle of the pack in terms of forcing turnovers for the opponent. So, you know, they're not the thunder there, but they still force turnovers on about 12% of opponent possessions. So the Wolves, number one, beyond, be, you know, above all, above everything else, the Wolves need to take care of the ball, which is, I guess, number one in terms of keys to the game for in perpetuity now for this Wolves team because it's what's holding them back. I mean, they would have beaten the thunder without turning the ball over 21 times. You take two or three of those away, and they win that game fairly Maybe not easily, but they win that game. No question. So the Wolves take care of the ball and they somewhat limit offensive rebounds, second chance opportunities and open threes for Charlotte. They should win this game fairly easily. And then next up for Minnesota, I mean, this is a, we talked about this the other day, like this stretch in the schedule is, uh, it's favorable for the Wolves. And so they have Monday at, uh, at home against Charlotte, the last game of this three game homestand, then a four game road trip at Washington, at Brooklyn, at San Antonio, at the Thunder. They'll be favored in those first three. Uh, the the back-to-back, by the way, is Washington-Brooklyn Wednesday, Thursday. So not a walk in the park there, second night against Brooklyn. They've got some good players, of course. We'll talk about that later in the week. Uh, but then at San Antonio Saturday and back in OKC for the final matchup against the Thunder Monday, which, you know, it's that much more important now because if they lose, the Thunder will have the tiebreaker if they end up with the same record at the end of the regular season. So big to win that game in OKC on Monday night. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that here later in the week as well. All right, that's all we have for today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. And also a reminder that you can tune into the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the, the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.